A reading from the 22nd Psalm, beginning with verse 15. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Though written hundreds of years earlier, when we hear these words, how can we not picture the crucifixion? Our Lord hanging on the cross, slowly dying, surrounded by enemies, forsaken by friends. His body outstretched so that one could count his bones, his garments divided. Crying out, as we heard earlier in the psalm, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No wonder it, it sometimes is hard for people to understand why Christians would be drawn to such a God. There he is, weak, by all accounts, seemingly helpless, dying. Why would we want such a God? What can he do for us? How can he help us if he seemingly cannot help himself? Hated by by so many, why should we love him? What should draw us to him? From early on in the Christian church, this was an accusation leveled against Christians by others that our God is weak, that he is not what one should want in a God. But that all changes when we consider why our Lord hung there on the cross, set before us in these words of David written hundreds of years earlier. We know why he hung there. I pray we know why he hung there. He could have helped himself. He could have come down at any moment. He reminds us in the Gospels that no one took his life from him, but he gave it up willingly for us. Our sins put him there on the cross. Not just the sins that are plain to others, our actions that we failed to hide, but our every thought and our every word, together with all of our secret deeds. These sins drove him to the cross, not because he had to die on account of them, but because he chose to die to take them away. He was forsaken so that we would never be forsaken. He gave up his life so that we could live forever. He died a terrible death to put our death to death, that death may no longer have any claim over us, to knock out the teeth of our old ancient foe, that lying serpent, 
to make us his own. God did deliver his soul. He was rescued. He was saved. On the third day, he rose again for our justification. It is this miserable, sorrowful, terrifying death into which we have been baptized. And it is that resurrection with which we have been raised in holy baptism as well. So we live as those who have been crucified with Christ, the one who was crucified for us. What a frightening scene is set before us in these words of David. Hundreds of, of years earlier, David perhaps can't see it the same as we can with hindsight. But hundreds of years earlier, David foretold the love of God for sinners. And we have now seen it on full display. We have known it well. It has been made our own. And that very body and blood which hung on the cross for our sins is even now given to us in the Lord's Supper with the forgiveness of sins, <clears throat> life, and salvation, which he won for us by that death. In this Lenten season, may we take time to ponder our Lord's crucifixion, what drove him to die, not just that our sins are what he was paying for, but that his love was greater than our sins, that his grace abounds, overflows to us who do not deserve it. And with that confidence, we too at those times when God seems far away, perhaps when we have been betrayed by friends or family, when we hear the voice of enemies all too loud, whether that be enemies in this life or that be the accuser Satan, using our guilt for his purposes, telling us that God could possibly, could not possibly love us. <clears throat> At those times when God seems far, we too can pray with confidence, with Eastern mind. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. And he has rescued us. He has rescued me. He has rescued you. As we examine ourselves in this Lenten season, as we become keenly aware of our sins of thought, word, and deed for which our Savior paid on that Good Friday, may we also find comfort, peace, and sure and certain hope in the knowledge that he hung there, not merely that we should feel sorrowful for all that happened to him and for all that we have thought and said and done, but that we should also have the confidence, have the certainty that he is greater than our sins, that our guilt has been paid for, that heaven is ours, and that we have the Father's ear and an advocate on high, whose hands and feet still bear the proof of his love for us. Amen. And let us pray. Lord, be my consolation, my shield when I must die. Remind me of your passion when my last hour draws nigh. My eyes will then behold you, upon your cross will dwell. 
my heart will then enfold you. Who dies in faith dies well. Amen. Amen.